Today's episode of The Ranking Show is brought to you by GameTime. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think NFL tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with GameTime, the ticket-buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. GameTime is the leader in last-minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download GameTime in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last-minute tickets. everybody, week six is here, Wednesday is here, and that means it's time for another edition of the Fantasy Football Ranking Show here at The Athletic. I am Michael Beller, joined by my trusty co-hosts of The Ranking Show. As always, every single week you know them, you at least like them, Brandon Funston and Jake Seeley. Guys, how are we feeling heading into, uh, Wednesday feels like the start of the Fantasy Week, right? So how are we feeling heading into the start of week six? <laughs> I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I had I had a, a decent amount of Will Fuller last week. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, I had a McCaffrey-Will Fuller combo. I think I set a record uh, in my one big local league that, uh, you know, is above all others. And I had a 230-point week, so uh, that was very nice. So, yeah, things have, t- things have turned for me uh, <laughs> in the right direction since the first few weeks. Yeah, we're very uh, definitely very happy for you there, Brandon. Uh, thank, was it, thank we, were, you, we, we were a little concerned after the first few <laughs> weeks, right, Jake, about how dour he seemed to be every single week. I was going to hand you uh, my... <laughs> the, the basketball draft kit that you were underneath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. But I was worried I was going to have to hand in my fancy analyst card. Uh, luckily, I think I've staved that off for now. Well, we're very, oh, well, very so thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> they have right very thankful for that but yeah there there are we're only in week six here there's still uh two-thirds of the regular season the nfl regular season uh what about six, 60 or so percent of the uh fantasy regular season so still plenty of time uh for that to uh take a turn uh you can find uh jake at all in kid you can find brandon at brandon funston and me at m beller on twitter uh jake mentioned the fantasy basketball draft kit that brandon expertly put together with eric wong uh you can get access to that if you are a subscriber so if you're listening to this as a subscriber thank you and check out that fantasy basketball draft kit if uh that is a sport that you are playing if you're not you can get 40% off a subscription at theathletic.com slash the ranking show. That also will bring you Jake's full rankings, which are available for week six. Of course, just at the start of the process, as Jake points out every week, he'll be updating that uh, as the week goes on. But uh, you can get access to that now and start uh, the process of putting your lineups together. With that, we turn our attention to the week six rankings. Our first four-team bye week of the season, Bears, Raiders, Colts, and Bills taking a seat. Six of the next seven weeks, including this one, have at least four teams on by. So this is that heavy bye week portion of the schedule we talk about that basically runs us all the way through the rest of the fantasy football regular season. So that's going to change uh, our rankings discussions for pretty much every week for the remainder of the year. We start at the running back position. And the first guy who jumped out at me when I went through your re- rankings, Jake, was James White. You guys are in lockstep on him for the most part. Jake at running back 22 and Brandon at running back 24. He does have 19 targets over the last two games uh, for New England, but we really haven't seen one of those big signature, you know, like 10 catch, 97 yard, two touchdown games for James White is a Thursday nighter. Patriots significant favorites against the Giants. Are we betting on a breakthrough uh, coming this week or eventually or soon, Jake? Is that what we're, what we're thinking here with James White? Uh, I don't really know that we really need to have a breakthrough. He's been fine on what he is, and this is half-point PPR, and full-point PPR gets a little bit of boost. It's just the fact that it sounds like Rex Burkhead might be doubtful again. Obviously, If Rex Burkhead is out there, I would, I would honestly move him down. But I think this is just kind of the range you put him in. There's four teams on a bye. Running back's a gross situation as soon as you get past like the high 20s already. So that has nothing to do with more than the fact that he's going to be involved and he's going to be mixed in against the awful, awful, awful Giants defense. And I think this is just kind of where he belongs for the most part. 
Yeah, I would basically reiterate reiterate that. He's uh, you know, if you take out all the guys that have played less games at the running back position than him, so you just count all the running backs that have played four or more games. I was just counting it out. He in half PPR, he's uh running back 24 in terms of average. So I basically yeah. ranked him. He has 10 10 10 10 basically yeah. every single game. <laughs> yeah, and this is just another I mean this is just another game like all the others where they're playing an inferior opponent and so I would expect expect the same game scripts as all of those and and they have a bunch more of these games. And why do the New England Patriots have what I, what looks like the easiest schedule I've ever seen? It just doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, I just think this is business as usual for James White. Uh, while we're on the subject of this game, we're not going to talk about it very much. Uh, how many points are you guys predicting the Giants score in this game? Zero. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, like I, If you were ever going to predict a shutout, this is it, isn't it? It's it's less than 10, <laughs> you know, it's like and so it's really when you look at the over under, you decide if the Patriots can score that number or not. You know, that's what you're looking at. Yeah, and that is uh, flying down. Uh, last I saw was 41 and a half. It opened up at like 45 or something like that. But that is going to be all Patriots. They've got an implied team total of 29 and a half points in that one. So James White uh, should be in line for similar work. Again, 19 targets over his last two games. Uh, we move on to the San Francisco 49ers next. Uh, we saw Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman both have big games for the Niners against the Browns on Monday Night Football. Tevin Coleman in his return from the high ankle sprain that he suffered in week one uh that was uh 11 carries and 114 yards and a touchdown for Matt Burita also a receiving touchdown Tevin Coleman 16 carries 97 yards and a touchdown uh, this is going to be a tough situation to figure out from week to week and again you guys are in that same range as you are on James White with these two Jake got Burita 26 and Coleman 25 Brandon, you've got Brita 22 and Coleman 26. We'll start with you, Brandon. Is this a situation where if you have one of them, you're comfortable starting him no matter which one it is? Yeah, I don't, I, I'm kind of with Jake and that I don't see these guys as a huge uh, you know, difference between the two. Uh, I thought the great thing that we saw last week was the deactivation of Jeff Wilson. Get that goal line, you know, vulture out of the way there and let you know let this be the Brita and Coleman show for the most part. I, I rank Brita a little bit higher. I just like his uh explosive upside a little bit better. I you know, I like his ceiling a little bit more. And I also like that he's going to be the guy that's probably going to get more of the passing down work. Coleman's not going to be mixed in too much in that regard. So I I put him a little bit higher, but it is one of those things where I think if you have both of them in a fourteen bye week this week, you're probably figuring out how to get either one of them into a flex or a, or a back end RB spot. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is you just mentioned it is the fact that Jeff Wilson was inactive. Mostert didn't even get touches, real significant touches or work until the fourth quarter, and the game was well out of hand. So it's a two man backfield. And there's a few two-man backfields you can feel good about, and one of them is Kyle Shanahan. You know, I did my own sports podcast with Mike Wright of the footballers, and he made the joke, and I kind of agree with him. It's like, I don't understand why Kyle Shanahan is so successful at running backs when you think like, hey, they have years and years and years of film on this guy and what he tries to do, but he just comes up with new ways or new schemes or, I mean, although the schemes don't look that much different, he just knows how to get the most out of running backs. So credit to him. And you got to feel good about both of them being like right kind of in that RB2 conversation going forward. Yeah, you mentioned. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, I was just wondering, Jake, if you had a thought, because I'm seeing this question a fair amount. Uh, Kyle Yushik being out for four to six weeks. Like, does that does that change your feeling on them? To me, it looked like they were still running the ball pretty well without him. Um, And it's a good offensive line. But I'm just curious if you've devalued these guys much with that. No, because uh, Juszczyk isn't even primarily a pure fullback anyway. He's kind of half fullback, half using the passing game, H back there. So, like, I'm not, I'm not that concerned. Honestly, I think this just means Mostert probably goes back to getting a few more touches, but that's still not somebody I would start. Yeah, 34 percent of the snaps uh, in that game against the Browns for both Breida and Coleman. So it looks like, uh, and that was uh, with City most of the fourth quarter, right? City most of the fourth quarter, exactly. And so it looks definitely like uh, Kyle Shanahan has the backfield that he wants there in San Francisco. Jake, you mentioned that uh, uh, we've got a couple of split backfields that maybe you could feel good about. Wondering if that's uh, the case for either 
either of you here in Kansas City. It seems like we have to talk about this backfield every single week because of the usage, because of the injuries, because of the explosiveness of this offense. Last week's dud against the Colts notwithstanding. Damian Williams made his return in that game. LaShawn McCoy only got two touches in it, but these two guys seem like they are the top two in the backfield. Uh, You both have Williams ranked higher than McCoy. For Jake, it's Williams at RB19 and McCoy at 35. For Brandon, it is uh, Williams at 25 and McCoy at 32. So a wider spread for Jake on this one. Uh, Is this Williams' backfield to lose at this point? Is that at least how we should be treating it? I am, and I honestly don't even think of it as a question not to even to lose. I just it's his now because it's on top of the fact of the usage last week is they come out of the game, and part of the reason given for the usage is they tried to say LaShawn McCoy needs to work on the pass blocking. He was struggling with this team in pass blocking, which I I guess at this point of his career, it's just weird that all of a sudden, hey, LaShawn McCoy, a 10-year vet or whatever it is, 8-9, somewhere around there. It feels like it's been 10 years. But at this point, is all of a sudden a concern pass blocking? And yeah, maybe he's slow on his first step to pass block. Maybe he's not in the scheme of things when it comes to pass blocking for specifically the Chiefs. Whatever it might be, they're giving excuses for LaShawn McCoy not being used, which kind of sounds to me like, hey, we're just trying to be nice and it's Damian <laughs> Williams backfield because the truth of what we've said about this backfield, or at least what I've been saying is this team is pass first. Who the heck cares about the running game? It'll get involved at some point. There's other teams that go completely the opposite direction like the Seahawks. But you look at this and I say, well, if you we were going everything else being equal, McCoy, like, forget what happened with McCoy, everything else being equal. You want the passing option as Damian Williams. So you add in the fact that he was getting the carries too. And LaShawn McCoy's snap share went way down, whatever the reason might be. And I think Damian Williams is right back into that mid-high RB2 level, which we had at the beginning of the season when before he got hurt. Yeah, and I'm going to be, you know, I think my ranking's kind of fluid uh, this week on these guys, and, and I'm going to be pretty easily brought back into the Damian Williams fold. Uh, just last week was pretty rough for this backfield in general, and I sort of want to see how Pat Patrick Mahomes' ankle is kind of playing out during the week and, and see what the reports are on that because, you know, this was an offense that was clearly uh, hindered by Mahomes' inability to, to move around as much as he normally does. Oh, they suck now. Yeah, well, I have no, I have no doubt that it'll be you know, back to business as usual soon. But I just, you know, it could it be another week of maybe having to struggle through this or not? Again, I could have Damian Williams uh, pushing my top twenty by the end of the week going into Sunday. I, I agree that he's the guy that you want to own, and he is the guy they use in the passing game. And you know, it it may be Andy Reid just eventually getting back to his comfort zone of he likes to ride one running back. And I, I would love to see that because I have a fair amount of Damian Williams across the board. Your points are, are certainly well taken. And obviously Williams has been the, uh, the main receiving back when he's been a healthy 14 or 15 targets, excuse me, in his three games. But I want to ask you guys, I want to follow up here. Is no concern about the rushing output that he's been? And I, Jake, I know you're, you're right about like, well, pass, pass, pass. We'll get the running game involved whenever, but what he's got 31 carries for 57 yards on the season. And Jake, is there any concern there that he has been that ineffective when he's been running the ball? It's mild, but I think part of it you can excuse away and say, well, you know, a little bit banged up and this offense in general hasn't gotten much going. And even back last week against the Colts in his first game back, he only had nine attempts. So, mm-hmm. again, if you give me like, I don't care if his rushing yards for the season end up being three, like maybe, you know, it's a really poor Leonard Fournette, like Leonard Fournette been volume, but at least his was high three. But let's just say he's worst case three. If you still give me 15 to 18 touches of Damian Williams in the Kansas City Chiefs, forget Damian Williams, take the jersey and name off. Just <laughs> right. running back 15 to 18 touches in Kansas City backfield, I'm just going to be okay with it, even if the yards per carry look gross. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Just one do. Uh, I mean, look at it. I mean, look at the Super Bowl. Or not right. Super Bowl. It was the championship game the against championship the Patriots. Game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He had three touchdowns on three yards. What do you have? 30 40 yards rushing in that game it was a, it was a bad rushing game but right. it was all passing and three touchdowns and he got the goal line carry for the touchdown on top of it i think he scored like if you were playing fantasy at the time 30 plus fantasy points right right it definitely felt like the super bowl that's for sure i know it should have been <laughs> yeah yeah uh definitely i uh, had that feel to it jake you mentioned the uh huge drop precipitous drop in snap share for uh LaShawn mccoy the exact number 22 percent of the snaps and again just two touches both targets and he lost a fumble on one of them so certainly feels like Damian Williams back in command of that backfield one more running back I want to hit on here uh Kenyon Drake why not 
I mean, we, we got to talk about Washington, <laughs> Miami in some way. One of the marquee games of uh, week six, the 0-5 Dolphins and the 0-5 Redskins getting together. Or 0-4 Dolphins. They had to buy 0-4 Dolphins, 0-5 Redskins <laughs> getting together. Uh, right? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Every week feels like a buy uh, for the Dolphins. You can't really re- see if they're registering whatsoever. Uh, but, hey, Kenyon Drake, maybe there's some value here. Uh, you guys are uh, right uh, back-to-back on this. Jake at running back 28 and Brandon at running back 29. The numbers haven't been great, but – Five-plus targets uh, in each of the last three games. He played 54% of the team snaps in their last game in week four before the bye. Uh, Brandon, uh, start with you on this one. Is Kenyon Drake taking over the very ugly Miami backfield? Yeah, man, over 70 yards from scrimmage two weeks or two games in a row. I mean, that's kind of a juggernaut for this offense. Uh, and the great thing this week is they're only a three and a half point dog uh, based on your the, your sheet here, which says that they are. Uh, but this is supposed to be kind of, you know, a contentious game for a change, which none of the other ones have been. So volume has been a problem on the ground for Drake. But, you know, he's he's the guy they use in the passing game. And I think Kalen Ballage is pretty much out of the picture now. So. Uh, you could maybe expect that he could reach a season high in carries, which was 12 against Dallas, would not be surprised if he get the 13 to 15 carries, you know, throw in, you know, three, four catches. I think uh, he's in line uh, to get kind of that back and top 30 running back kind of production, just uh, on expected volume alone. And uh, the fact that he's, he's got a fairly high usage in the passing game. Yeah, here's the thing is I and to jump ahead because that's where you're going. You're going to go to me next anyway, Mike. So I'm just going to I'm going to couple it is it's also the one we're not going to talk about is somebody to take a chance on. It's both sides of the game. I'll take a chance on Adrian Peterson and Kenyon Drake because this is two of the worst offenses in the league. I kind of hope it ends up like 13, 13, just because I would love to see both teams go like, oh, 15 and one. Just (laughs) like (laughs) just just be hilarious to me. But look, fact. The defenses are terrible. You can run on both. Drake is getting the use. You just mentioned Belagio has been kicked behind Mark Walton, uh, Adrian Peterson. Bill Callahan comes in and wants to run the ball more, which is just whatever. But this is the team you could do it. If you're looking for any game the rest of the year for Adrian Peterson to get 20 plus carries, because he's not going to do much in the passing game at all, because that's not who Adrian Peterson is. This is the game. And if it's a grind out fest between the two of them, it could be a lot of running on both sides. So I think both are in this similar range of conversations here. I would much rather take Drake because he gets used in the passing game. But I, I think both running backs in a week like this, in most weeks, if we had all the teams playing, you wouldn't be interested. But in a four team bye, and with what's going on with the Giants, you might as well take a chance. I saw this on Twitter right before we started the show. Did you guys see that Bill Callahan, Bill Callahan had uh, the players running sprints after practice today? That doesn't oh, surprise me. <laughs> right. I mean, I'll, Jim Boylan even thinks that's oh, a much. What the? That's just, that, that's just, that might be the best thing ever. Right. I mean, so- well, they tried to spin it positive. They tried to say that the players were saying it was the most focused and they were spinning like, like all these words of like uh not drill sergeant type level, but all uh-huh. like, you know, focused and attentive and, you know, hard practice, like blah, like trying to spit it like, like stop. stop. There's a reason Bill Callahan's not a head coach anymore. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. So uh, Kenyon Drake uh, sitting as a guy who maybe you take a chance on Jake. You also throw Adrian Peterson out there as well. So Brandon, why don't you take it away here? Running back, you're willing to take a chance on in week six. Okay, and I, I'll throw this guy out there, and Jake can't say I just take it from him because I edit his column every week. But uh, some of the stuff I can figure I mean, out. We know that's own. what you do. <laughs> <laughs> some of the stuff I can figure out on my own, and that's why <laughs> I will throw out uh, jumping on the Gus bus this week, Gus Edwards, because uh, you know you look at Cincinnati, the, the team they're playing, and not only have like I believe it's nine guys had double digit fantasy points at the running back position in five games, but eight guys have had double digit uh, rushing attempts. So this is one of those games where one of the most run heavy teams in the league in Baltimore, you know, maybe they give 15, 15 plus, you know, carries to Mark Ingram, but I could see Gus Edwards getting 10 to 12 of his own and against the Cincinnati defense that should work out pretty well. 
Yeah, definitely could. We've seen backup running backs thrive in situations this season where other teams have been comfortable favorites. This could be just another one in that pattern. Some injuries that you're going to want to watch over the next couple of days. David Johnson with a back injury. Cliff Kingsbury already saying that this could be something that does cost him time. So hopefully if you're a Johnson owner, you were able to get Chase Edmonds, but uh, we'll still see how that one develops. Saquon Barkley not going to play on Thursday night, but does sound like he is uh, headed back sooner rather than later and talk about a situation where you're not going to rush a guy back. It's high ankle sprain, a game you are going to lose. Saquon Barkley, one of the big future pieces of your franchise, going against the Patriots. Yeah, Saquon, why don't you take another 10 days at least to make sure yeah. that ankle is okay? Uh, Tony if he Powell, was playing with no Shepard and Ingram, I would put the over-under at like 30 touches in that oh game. Oh, my God. Easily, right? I mean, it would, like, like, it would, almost, it would be hard to keep him south of a number like that. I mean, the, the Giants are still going to run 40-something, 50-something plays in this game, right? So how could you keep Saquon from getting that sort of work if he were playing? But thankfully, I think for, for him and for even here's, for his Here's fan, one for you guys. Like you him. can even ask, Mike, because you don't usually get to chime in a lot. Here's one for you. And Brandon, you kind of know my answer because it's in there. And I think I put in, I don't remember if it was in the waiver column or the, the sleepers, but if your choice was Hilleman or Brandon Bolden with no Rex Burkhead, who are you going to play this week? <laughs> I would play I, I, Brandon. I was going to say, I will just go for Bolden for the touchdown because I think the Patriots at least score. Yeah, I would, I would honestly 100% play Bolden for sure. You know, it's funny. I go into every season, not knowing if Brandon Bolden's actually on the Patriots roster, <laughs> but, but just assuming that he is yeah. in the league, he's on the Patriots. You can exactly. guarantee that. But yeah, I mean, how, how do the giants move the ball, let alone score? I have legitimately no idea because <laughs> Slayton's going to be stuck with uh, Stephen Gilmore. And yeah. so your hope is Golden Tate and good luck. Yeah, good luck. Exactly. Uh, Tony Pollard and Rex Burkhead also both dealing with injuries as well. You're almost certainly not starting them, uh, even if you have them on your team, even if they do play. But just want to make sure we are comprehensive in the injuries you need to be watching out for over the next couple of days. Uh, wide receivers up next. Our first one is one of our first big divergences between the two of you guys. It's Stefan Diggs. Now, you both have him inside your top 30, so likely you're both starting him. But Jake, you're much lower Wide receiver 29 for Steph Diggs. Brandon, you are at wide receiver 16 on Steph Diggs. The Vikings three-point favorites against the Eagles. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's have Brandon go first here. Since you're the positive guy, Brandon, I want you to go first. Make the case for Steph Diggs as a top 20 receiver in week six. Yeah, this is a this is a great time to feed Stephon Diggs. I mean, you're going up against Philly, Sidney Jones, Ronzel Douglas. The corners for Philly have been torchable all season long. I mean, D Diggs is only uh, one game removed from a hundred yard effort. Uh, he's still a talented player. I think we're seeing Minnesota last week be willing to kind of open it up a little bit, although they didn't have a big volume game passing and they may not need to, uh, you know, and well, that's not true. This could be a higher scoring game. So I just, you know, I, I just feel like this is a, is a home game against a burnable secondary in which, you can take your malcontent and Stefan Diggs and maybe keep him quiet for a little while, pacify him uh, with a steady dose of targets. It's not to say that I don't think Adam Thielen won't have a great game either. I have Kirk Cousins, you know, and, you know, he'll be my guy unless we unless this basically disqualifies him as a, uh, you know, as the, the guy at the bottom that we throw in. As Oh, no, we're talking. We got Cousins. Cousins is on the list. We're talking about Kirk. <laughs> Okay, yeah, there you go. So he's my number 12 quarterback, and, and for that to happen, I think Thielen and Diggs both have to have pretty good games, and I think this will be one of them. It's uh, more about the fact that it might be, but I can't guarantee it because this is another one. Brandon knows where I'm going with this because I do have Kirk Cousins as my sleeper quarterback, but the truth of what Kirk Cousins is, and I say it time again, I don't even remember how many shows I've said it on. If I've said it on this show or every show, I don't even know at this point, but the, like, let me just go down the Kirk Cousins road again. Anyway, stinks throwing it deep, stinks throwing it deep and outside when he has too long to think he can even overthrow wide receivers because he gets too aggressive. That's why Thielen works because Thielen works. Give him a little bit of time, but not too much. Thielen out of the slot. You want the slot receivers for Kirk Cousins all day long, all the time. Thielen's a great fit for him. Last year, the few times they put Diggs in the slot, that's where you saw some of Diggs' best games. But in the Bears game is when they got pressure, and you force Kirk Cousins to not have time to think and overthink. So Diggs gets open quicker than Thielen does, even though he plays outside, and that's why Diggs had that game. So I say all that. Because the Eagles can get pressure despite how terrible their secondary is. If they get pressure, 
this could be way too low. Uh, Brandon could be 100% right, and Diggs will have a good game, including Thielen having a good game. I think Thielen's having a good game no matter what. Diggs is all going to depend on the Eagles' pressure. So if the Eagles get pressure and force Kirk Cousins to not think too long, then Diggs is going to have another good game. If not, but either way, if you can sell Diggs, if he does have a good game, sell Diggs immediately. Because the rest of the schedule, there's very few teams, I think maybe one, that they have where they have a top 10 pass rushing defense that they have to face. That's why you come to the ranking show there. Uh, great analysis, <laughs> uh, the difference between Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. And yeah, the- Cousins had his best game of the season last week against the Giants, no surprise. But it was Thielen, seven catches on eight targets for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Not a whole lot for Stephon Diggs. We'll see what happens for the Vikings again home. Three-point favorites against the Eagles, an implied team total of 23.5 points at least here on Wednesday. Uh, Moving on now to Dallas and Michael Gallup. Uh, Again, a little bit of a divergence here, a little bit with Jake being the uh, the, the, the little rain cloud uh, also on our guy. Not too low on him, however. Wide receiver 32 for Michael Gallup. Brandon just higher at wide receiver 24. Uh, Jake hates him. Right? I mean, and, and hates a guy yeah, who in three games this season has 339 yards on 20 catches and a touchdown, just shy of 10 targets uh, per game, seven-plus targets in every single game, two 100-yard games for Michael Gallup. I mean, Jake, explain yourself here. Wide receiver 32? Come on. Uh, hey, I, I, Brandon said it. I hate him. I, I hate his stupid <laughs> face. And despite being one of the highest people for the season, like, here's the problem is just I, I joked about it earlier today. Uh, Rich Rebar was like hey, everybody after which we're going to talk about because Brandon alluded to this before we even started the show. He's like everybody after like tight end 10. I don't even want to talk about it. just put them all tight end 11. Who cares? And I made a joke. I said, I kind of feel like that with wide receiver threes this week He's like I want to rank all of them wide receiver 25 like you can nitpick i mean it's the truth like i'm going through and and my initial and this is my initial projections running you mentioned at the top of the show they will change he might move up he might stay where he is who knows but there are so many people in this range where i see the upside to be a top 20 wide receiver this week but and you can nitpick flaws here or there he's got a great matchup but he's got a great matchup in the fact that like the cowboys don't need to pass a lot and like mark hooper could have another game like he does, and Ezekiel could go bananas, and Gallup just by default, just because they don't need to, gets left out. I'm not saying that's why I have him there. Again, I let the projections do a lot of the work for me, but it's just, you know, I want to rank him higher, but there's so many people right in front of him that I'm like, who do I bump out? So it's just kind of like, hey, look, hopefully you are allowed to, hopefully you can start him. Yeah, so I ranked him higher because, look at he faced, he's had two games like this against the Giants and the Redskins where they held a comfortable lead and he ate, you know, he got his fantasy points and then, and then they got blown out against Green Bay and he ate as well. So like they haven't played a game that's been contentious so far. It's been 10 points or more in every contest uh, as far as the difference. And that, if that's the case again, Michael Gallup's been just fine in those, in those scenarios. And, you know, if he, if he, you know, delivers to his average, then we're both drastically underrating him but uh you know i I think we're both jake and i are gonna both play him i just like him uh better no i I hate him so much (laughs) you're still gonna play him you hate him but you're still gonna play him He's the worst. <laughs> oh, man. Cowboys, big favorites in New York, although it's the Sam Darnold return. Uh, so, uh, you know you know what? We've got the uh, different guy on the list next, but I'm going to jump ahead since it is the Sam Darnold return. Another guy we keep, guys we keep talking about, right? I say is the Kansas City running backs and the Jets receivers, who we talk about in this show every single week. So since we're already on that game, let's go ahead and jump to Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson. Obviously, it's been an ugly season for the two of these guys, but they have basically not played with Sam Darnold all season. Week one, Darnold already had mono, uh, a game the Jets probably should have won that they gave away toward the end against the Bills. Then he goes out. Trevor Simeon gets hurt right away in week two against the Browns. They've basically played the entire season with Luke Falk. They finally get Sam Darnold back this week, so it'll be interesting to see what this Jets team is actually able to do with its real quarterback one now you guys are exactly the same on Crowder you both have him at wide receiver 38 uh Jake a little higher on Anderson but effectively the same uh with Jake at wide receiver 39 and Brandon at wide receiver 43 uh Jake we'll start with you on this one what do you expect to see or can you even expect anything uh from these two guys uh with Sam Darnold back on the field Oh, and they, honestly, they're probably going to move up a little bit now that Chris Herndon's out. So, right, well, right. Night, like very, very likely to be out. And I, I don't know why Brandon hates Robbie Anderson so much, but <laughs> so, so, like, here's a fact. 
Uh, my only concern for this game is not even the matchup because Byron Jones is actually a very good corner. This is part of the reason that people who are hesitant to buy into Robbie Anderson for this year because of his cornerback matchups for the entire season was the worst we've seen in some time. Uh, but to go down this road is I'm fine with Robbie Anderson most weeks because of his big playability, unless it's like the Gilmore level. Like Byron Jones isn't quite there yet, but Jameson Crowder, great connection. I actually like, as the rankings show, I like Jameson Crowder more. My biggest concern of why they aren't even higher is because I don't know. I've had mono and it was a long time ago. It was in college. Uh, like I've had it and it's the first game back and the energy level that you get, like you legitimately feel like you've been run over a truck seven times for like every single day. And then once you're healed, you still feel like that for a while. And I'm not saying I'm a doctor and I know what Sam Darnold is going through. Like if he's on that page or not, I just, I could see him being exhausted in the third quarter. And I just, I'm assuming the doctors aren't letting him play if they don't think there's a risk of, you know, anything happening. But at the same time, it's like, what is the energy level going to be? Is he going to be a hundred percent Sam Darnold? Like it just, so I put all that out there to say there's a risk here. And that's why I'm a little tentative. If it was a hundred percent Sam Darnold, I think I would have Jameson Crowder even higher. And Robbie Anderson would kind of be locked into the wide receiver three instead of just outside of it. Beller, you have anything to say there? Uh, yeah, I was uh, I, w- I was thinking maybe you were going to say, you know, Jake, uh, earlier this week on Wire to Wire, Brandon used a uh, high school turf toe injury to uh, try to <laughs> guess when Devontae Adams was going to come back. Now we've got you using your college mono uh, to <laughs> determine when Sam Darnold Blame is going to be himself. You guys stupid just stupid girlfriend kissing other people, apparently. You, so. <laughs> <laughs> you guys love I mean, how are you guys not professional athletes? You had the same yeah, injuries exactly. previously. This is I, I'm I'm alarmed you're sitting here talking to me instead of you know game planning for your upcoming opponents. Hey, <laughs> well done, Bear. Way to way to take that bump from me and just spike it home there. I like that. <laughs> uh, I will say I I agree with Jake. I have some pause because of the mono deal. Um, Did you ever have mono, Brandon? I've never had mono. Um, me either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I must have used protection when I was kissing. I don't know what was happening, but uh, Whoa. Uh, look, <laughs> we cannot forget, though, that Jameson Crowder had 17 targets in week one with Sam Darnold. It was ridiculous. Uh, I think, he you know, he's if with Herndon down, he's probably going to get a lot of targets again. I just don't know if they're going to be high yield. Dallas, is, this, this secondary has been great. And Anthony Brown and, and Byron Jones and even uh, Ch- Wheezy, whatever his name is, um, Sometimes I can say it. Sometimes I can't. Uh, a wheeze a day. Anyways, anyways, they've been great. One of the cans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we just can't assume that we're going to plug and play Sam Darnold after after a month off, and, and everything's going to be right with this jet. Were you trying to combine his first and last name together? Is that what it was? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Someone want to go ahead. Awuzie. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think you last I say Chidobi Awuzie. I think you're mm-hmm. trying to combine the first and the last name together for Awuzie or whatever. <laughs> I sound like the old man. The old man <laughs> trying to pronounce these uh trying to pronounce these names. Not good. Anyways. Yeah. Well, I got nothing more to say about that. Yeah, so it's it, it's uh, it, it'll be it's something to watch definitely with this team, and I do think that we're going to see a much different Jets offense for the rest of the season. Maybe it doesn't happen right away in Sam Darnold's first game back from well, Mono. To be fair, hey, you know that I don't know if you guys heard, but that JJ guy from the Eagles, we've all been pronouncing his name wrong. Well, yeah, he's got like the the uh, Arthega, right? There you go. Yeah, yeah it's it's not Arthega. It's yeah. it's Arthega. Yeah. It's Vega Whiteside, interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were just talking about it. I don't know why it became a thing. Like it kind of popped up last week. A lot of people were bringing it up all of a sudden. But yeah, it's uh, it's not Arcego Whiteside. It's Arthago Whiteside. Yeah. Well, Heck, go watch some of the college tape. They call him Arcego Whiteside. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, luckily for us in the fantasy world, we won't have to worry about uh, pronouncing or mispronouncing that name till next year. I would say so. Uh, so yeah, but uh, Arthago Whiteside is the way to go uh, on that one. Let's jump back to the guy who I skipped over just to keep the uh, Cowboys and Jets together. It's D.D. Westbrook. Seven grabs on 11 targets for 82 yards last week. It's best game of the season. Obviously, that's not jumping off the page, but hey, it is something. Over his last three games, he has 26 targets, caught 17 of them for 194 yards. You guys are both in the low-end wide receiver three range for D.D. Westbrook, 34 for Jake. 31 for Brandon. Uh, Brandon, is he back on the wide receiver three radar, especially with the way Gardner Minshew has played since taking over as the starter in Jacksonville? 
Yeah, I mean, preseason with with Nick Foles there, you know, I was pushing I was pushing wide receiver two range with him, at least top 30 range. But I think, you know, you're kind of couching it right. He's, you know, he, I think he's in the wide receiver three radar. I like his matchup this week against PJ Williams in the slot for Jackson. Well, you've talked about the targets that he's seen of late. Uh, you know, developing a bit more of a rapport with Minchu. DJ Chark's been the one who's been been you know, balling out the most there in that, uh, in that chemistry deal, but you know, Westbrook's starting to play well and he's a talented guy. And, and you know, Jake talked about, he's not a true number one type and DJ shark is, and that's, that's fine. I mean, this is not old school Jacksonville where there's, you know, only room for one guy because they run the ball so much. And they want to be conservative. Uh, they're willing to throw it a little bit more. And Westbrook actually is a nice compliment to shark. And if you kind of think about him that way, DJ is the, the go-to guy. I mean, there's, there's plenty here for Westbrook in, a, in any kind of PPR bump league uh, to be on that wide receiver three radar. This is all about where do you exploit the Saints defense. And just like last year, again, this year, PJ Williams is among the worst, especially the slot corner. And that's DD Westbrook's area. You figure Marshawn Lattimore, probably not the entire game, but is going to try and stop DJ Chark, which I don't think is going to happen. Hopefully I I think I want to see him get another touchdown. I just want to see him completely dominate this year. It'd be so terrific. But at the same time, if you're going to go with the easier outlet, it's going to be D.D. Westbrook. And that's really why this ranking is where it is, is it's Chark most weeks. But when Chark gets the Lattimore's of the world and gets those top 10 corners, you're going to see D.D. Westbrook as that valve. Yeah, Jaguars, uh, small favorites at home, one and a half points. They are laying against the Saints with an implied team total of 23. One of the more intriguing games, I think, on uh, what I think looks like a pretty fun week six slate, that Washington-Miami game. And Jalen Ramsey's back at practice. Yeah, right. Jalen Ramsey going to be back on the field in this one. So uh, definitely a little bit of a boost for that Jacksonville defense. uh, Should be So we're only one for three now? Zeke's worked out, but Melvin Gordon and Jalen Ramsey, no and no. So we're one for three? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. One for three. Uh, well, where do we count Le'Veon in that? Uh, I'd say Le'Veon's like a 50-50 work, so we'll give him a half. Yeah, like, we'll a, a, like a push. Half of a win. Le'Veon push. Yeah. What's Antonio Brown's? <laughs> oh, man. That's a whole podcast on its own right there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, one more wide receiver situation to hit on here, guys, and it is in Atlanta. Another duo that I want to talk about, Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley. Um, you guys are uh, lower on Sanu than you are on Ridley, justifiably so. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, wide receiver 36 for Jake, wide receiver 40 for Brandon. Uh, and Ridley, Jake, you've got him at 33. And Brandon, you've got him at 28. Now, I will say that Mohamed Sanu has five-plus targets in every single game uh, so far this season. He leads the team in snap rate, although some of that has to do mm-hmm. with the fact that they trust him as a blocker on those one-receiver uh, uh, formations more than they do uh, – or the, don't maybe don't want to use Julio Jones in that and certainly they trust him more uh, than they do Ridley. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll start with uh, Jake on this one. Uh, is there any hope for consistency for Calvin Ridley at this point of the season, or is he in that boomer bust range of receivers now? No, he's in a boomer bust range. And at one of my worst weeks, I think it's 30 something, I don't remember, 40 something, whatever it was. It wasn't a very good week, but that was why, because I had Will Fuller and Calvin Ridley both as wide receiver threes. And I'm going to keep them there. And, you know, there's going to be weeks where I'm wrong, just like last week, on both of them. And there's going to be weeks where it's right, but there's going to be more weeks where it's right than it's where it's wrong, specifically for Ridley. I, I think Fuller, as we mentioned last week, and I know we're not talking about just to bring him up real quickly, as I brought this up to you guys, as I said, I think QQQT helps this offense and i think it will help will fuller and all that type of stuff i obviously wasn't expecting three touchdowns almost a fourth but all i'd be saying is like calvin ridley's in that conversation and even worse because the snap count is not there the snaps are there as you just mentioned for sanu and granted some of them are blocking as you mentioned but it was that report that we talked about last week where he's not coming off the field he's not even coming off the field for julio jones julio jones is coming off the field at times because of the blocking so if you're going to tell me on this team he needs to get a touchdown to have significant relevance because of the snaps, because of the target share with Austin Hooper in a breakout season, who should also dominate this game because it is the Cardinals. It's just he's the one who's going to get left out more often than not. Just like, you know, who's a good parallel? Not even Will Fuller. I think he's Robert Woods. He's going to be left out more often than not because he's the one who's getting left out, but he's still going to have value. Brandon, let me jump in really quick before you answer yeah, that from it. that from that perspective and ask you, uh, Jake mentioned how Austin Hooper should dominate because it's Arizona. Is this a start everyone against Arizona situation? I don't know about that. I mean, I man, I still have a hard time with Mohamed Sanu. He's the guy that if you need 
you know, 80 yards, he's gonna give you a 60. Like he's just just who he is. He's gonna give you 60 yards. And you mentioned, you know, he's had over five targets, five or more targets in every game. I don't know. It's like, but most of them are six and seven. <laughs> like the other one, like he's not he's had one game where he's had double digits, but that's I just think this is kind of most new, maybe having a slightly better year than in the other years he's had previously in Atlanta, but they're but not appreciably so. So um I think in a buy. Well, he's first, actually on pace for for his other seasons. It's just he's the consistent. Well, that's one. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like last year, 66 catches, 838 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, I think he's, he's not far from that. Yeah. he's not far yeah. ahead of it. That's probably where he's at. And but like, when like what weeks do you get rich off that? Like, I just don't know. I mean, he's serviceable, and that's kind of I rank him in a serviceable area. I think he's, you know, four teams are on buy. I could see you having to throw most of new into a flex spot, and you shouldn't feel too bad about that. You'll get something. Yeah. You know, he's not, he's not coming off the field. So you can get some, I play so, him over yeah. golden Tate is the number one. <laughs> I would too. I don't have golden yeah. Tate ranked higher than him. So uh, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. We are unanimous there guys. This uh, should be a very fertile environment for scoring a uh, 51 and a half was the last over under I saw on this game, Arizona's pace, uh, Atlanta's shoddy pass defense, everything in this game suggests that it should be back and forth. So definitely viable uh, plays there. Calvin Ridley, you're going to want to play Mohamed Sanu, a viable longer range play certainly this week. Uh, guys to take a chance on now at the wide receiver position, Brandon, you take this one away first. Who's a wide receiver that you're willing to take a chance on? Uh, give me a receiver in the Miami Washington game. I'll, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to watch Albert Wilson's health check this week uh, to see, you know, what the reports are on him. Cause I, I do think that he is, as long as he's in that lineup, uh, and healthy going to be the most valuable Miami wide receiver going forward. I've been talking about him for a few weeks, just kind of waiting for him to get back. He was targeted. Uh, I've mentioned this a few times on our wire to wire thing. He, he was targeted four times in, in a little over a quarter before he, he went out in week one. Uh, I think he fits because Preston Williams and De- Devontae Barker, you know, are more vertical options and, Albert Wilson, you can you can move horizontally, work him in the slot underneath. I think that fits Josh Rosen better. So if he's good to go, he gets a he gets a really good health check this week. I, I might be willing to throw him out there in deeper competitive leagues as a slot roll of the dice. But if not, give me Preston Williams, give me Devontae Parker. I think uh, you know, those guys could do all right as well. See, I told you he just takes my article every single time. <laughs> Beller, how how long have I been talking Albert Wilson up in the rating show? The, the last time, the first time I remember you talking about Albert Wilson, the Cubs were still playing meaningful baseball games. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> wow. Well, the last time I was talking to Albert Wilson was like 2004 when he was in high school. Come on. <laughs> hey, the Cubs, the even, Cubs blew the wild card. The Cubs blew the wild card in 2004. Victor Diaz. Did they? Had, was that the year? That was the year with Victor Diaz. They got swept by the Mets, and Victor Diaz hit that walk-off homer. So I was so they, they were playing meaningful baseball when you were last talking about him too. Then so there you go. Although <laughs> I really don't know Albert Wilson's exact age. I don't know if I overestimated that. Like a little bit. In any case, oh, he's 27. So ooh, that might have been. Yeah, pretty yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. In any case, <laughs> let's talk about this week. Uh, we already talked D.D. Westbrook. He's another one that I have in the, for the sleeper. So I'll give uh, I'll give what I said about the other one. Someone from the Chiefs because it really comes down to, as of today, it sounds like Watkins is out and it sounds like Tyreek Hill is in. If that's the scenario, then fire up Demarcus Robinson because he'll still be out there. He's still the big play, big wide receiver, big red zone target. If Watkins somehow plays... I would risk him. Well, obviously he could aggravate the injury and come out, but I just don't see how you touch the other three if Watkins is playing. Now, if Watkins and Hill and Hill can't come back, then it's not just Demarcus Robinson. It's Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle and maybe even Miko Harbin. But that's why I say someone for the Chiefs. It's going to be up to you guys to pay attention, hopefully, to the injury reports. Yeah, and, and what a great segue, Jake. We move on to the injuries to pay attention to. We'll start with those two guys. Tyreek Hill sounds like he's going to be able to make his return from the shoulder injury. Sammy Watkins sounds like he is likely not to play because of a hamstring injury. Keep an eye on those two. Obviously, those big, big injury situations. Devontae Adams still dealing with his turf toe. And that's Monday Night Football, so you might have to 
make a call on Devontae Adams before we know for sure the Packers hosting the Lions. A couple of injuries in Arizona. Christian Kirk uh, not sounding super confident in that he'll be able to make his return from an ankle injury. Demir Bird also dealing with a hamstring injury. If both those guys are out, Keyshawn Johnson could be an interesting long-range play. Philip Dorsett with a hamstring injury. Uh, Patriots hosting the Giants tomorrow. Doesn't seem like someone Jacoby you're going to play. Jacoby Myers. There you go. Jake's been beating that Jacoby Myers drum for quite a while. Maybe he gets a little bit of run for the Patriots. Sterling I Shepard. I called him Miser on Sunday. Like, <laughs> oh, we were man. watching the game, and I was like, there goes Jacoby Miser. I was like, wait, wait. wait. Well, man, he lives horrible tips, Jacoby Myers. <laughs> Jacoby Myers does. Uh, Sterling Shepard out because of a concussion. Deshaun Jackson may be able to return with his abdomen injury. We haven't seen him since week one, and Kenny still still working his way back from a hamstring injury, stay even out. if he does play. Is he, did they say he was out? No, no, no. I'm saying stay out. Oh, stay uh, out. Stay out. Yeah, yeah stay right. Out. Yeah, let's get uh, to Philip Dorsett's offic- officially out. As okay, so Philip Dorsett right officially out. So uh, you don't have to worry about him. And Kenny, Kenny Stills, yes. Even if he does uh, return, probably not someone you want to play. And yeah, I agree. Uh, the the Hopkins. They're just so much better Fuller, with Cutie on right, the field. Right, Cutie. Yeah, the way that, like you said last week, Jake, the way Cutie occupies so much attention underneath and in the middle uh, opens things up, as we saw for Will Fuller last one, week. One thing I'll mention on that is in. You know, Atlanta had five sacks coming in. If you can, if you can identify a defense that doesn't get pressure on the quarterback, it's also going to work out a lot better for those Texans receivers as well. And so, yeah, I think the combination of the two. I I agree with Jake that the QT QD needs to, you know, it's kind of helps complement those guys better. But Watson needs to have time to throw. Yeah, he holds onto the ball, so it's always good to check and see what he's going against. And that's another reason why there should be two of the worst offensive lines facing each other this week. Yeah, exactly. And another reason why the Arizona Atlanta game should be plenty of points on the board because uh, that Arizona team, with the way they play, the pace they play in Atlanta, no pass rush. Can O'Neal out for the season? They can't stop anyone through the air. So I think we see a whole lot of points in that one. Let's talk quarterbacks, guys. First, we got to pay off our uh, or your Gardner Minshew. Jared Goff yeah. from a week ago. Jake, congratulations. The big winner in that one, uh, comfortably. Uh, Gardner Minshew with uh, – now, uh, to me, right-thinking <laughs> fantasy leagues only uh, cost a quarterback one point. If you're going to cost a quarterback any points for an interception, it's one point. So with that brand of scoring, it was Gardner Minshew 24.16 to Jared Goff 18.9. So I don't know. You want to take a victory lap or something, Jake? Oh, hell yeah. Of course. I told you. Are you going to doubt Minshew mania? Like, this is how far I've gotten. I just found out this week that the grandfather wanted. So, there's two things. Mike Wright told me this when he came on the podcast. So, here's a couple things. First of all, his dad named him Gardner Minshew II because his dad's name isn't Gardner. He named him Gardner Minshew II. So, let's, let's make that like, what the hell is with up with his family? Here's the step further the grandfather wanted to name him Beowulf. Like the short story. <laughs> so I, this week, have ordered myself a custom-made jersey, 15, for the Jaguars that says Beowulf on the back. Oh, man, that is beautiful. I want you next week, I want you to also order the a copy of Beowulf, the actual, you know, poem. <laughs> and I want you to, and, but in the Old English, the Old English translation of it. And figure it out and read it like a, a, an excerpt of it on the show next week. Uh, I feel like we knew this week ago. That could have been the bet. We could have had Brandon read an old English excerpt of Bell. Oh, that would have been good. That would have been beautiful. Would have loved that. I, I just have a problem that I didn't get my Noah Fant victory lap, even though it was a kind of a cheap one. I, I still got. I still got him. You but know, there wasn't a bet on that one. Yeah. No, it was just I, I didn't, I didn't just say pooing everything I said about him. So I, <laughs> no, I wasn't. Oh, I just said. I said it wasn't a bad call. It was tight end. And <laughs> we we gave you a pat on the back. Yeah, I believe. Like, it wasn't on this show. Color, it, was on, it was on the wire to wire show. Oh, all yeah, right. See, well, we'll find. And, and the Noah Fant thing was, I wasn't being as like ostentatious about Noah Fant as you were about my Gardner Minshew. So that's why. <laughs> well, kudos to you, Jake. Right on Gardner, Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Hey, man, he's the quarterback <laughs> eleven on the season, and that's. But, where by J- the way, do I do I get another victory lap for like the four point word of the day there? By the way, with ostentatious. No, you don't. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you do get Gardner Minshew, and you've got him at quarterback 11. That's where he is on the season as well. You have him there for the week. Brandon, you're at quarterback 13. We talk a little bit about the Jaguars offense going up against the Saints. They are one-and-a-half-point favorites uh, at home in this one. I can't remember where you are, so I'm just going to let Jake take this one too. Uh, what's our season, <laughs> rest-of-season trust level on Gardner? I mean, 
is he going to be the starter for the rest of when Nick Foles comes back? Can they put Nick 100%. Foles back in as the starter? No, that's a you can't, spoiler uh, alert for the roundtable this week, Bill. Or you can't, you can't. Oh, I haven't looked at the email yet. Well, oh, yeah, too bad. But it's already uh, out there well, now. It's out well, there. yeah, I'll give my answer. Beller doesn't have to. Well, I mean, Beller's not going to give his. So there you <laughs> go. Here, here's what I say, and what I'll, I'll probably. I didn't even see the question, so I don't know how it's worded, Brandon. But the thing with with Minshew is you can't bench him unless he has two bad games in a row. That you not even just one. It has to be two. But here's the good news: even with the Saints this week. Bengals, Jets, Texans, Colts, Titans, Bucks, Chargers, Raiders, Falcons. He's not getting benched. Minshew all the way through the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, the question was true or false. Gardner Minshew is the quarterback for Jacksonville, starting quarterback for Jacksonville the rest of the season. So, what's more than true? Beowulf true. Beowulf true. I'm putting that as my answer. Yes, thank you, Miller. Link, I'm just going to put Beowulf. I'm not even going to put true. <laughs> Yeah, link the podcast so they have a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so I got to talk nice things about Gardner Minshew. You I'd do. be happy. Yeah, I mean, he's look good. I mean, look at the nice thing about this Jacksonville team is they have balance. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. You got, you know, you got Westbrook and Shark that are legit targets. And I just don't see, like, every game I see Minshew make one throw that he shouldn't have made. I feel like he's flirting with a pick six every week, but you can't fault through five weeks his numbers bear it out what does he have one interception yeah uh, he's flirting with disaster getting away with it but he's also making a lot of really good throws and so yeah i think he's if you're you know he's probably he's probably past the ownership rate now uh, i haven't looked uh, in terms of streaming availability but yeah, he's, he been there, he's been there week after week it's time to yeah legitimately start putting this guy as a back end he is probably going to be the most popular male halloween costume oh without year. question <laughs> I also think yeah, you just you don't even have to do much. Like just yeah. put yourself a mustache. Just, just, just see exiting yeah. the plane uh, outfit with like the burgundy. Yeah, just find yeah. an ugly shirt yeah. and unbutton it all the way down to your navel and go get a cheap gold chain and you're done. Yeah, right. It's fun. It's topical. It's easy and it's comfortable. I mean, what more are you well, really looking for? Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't he like to stretch out in the middle of the locker room in his jock strap? So yeah. you could do that. One that as would well. be a much more aggressive that Halloween fa- costume. Like, could you imagine like get-togethers with that family? Like th- that's <laughs> like the weirdest family in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but with some real athletic ability as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Brandon, I also think you just stumbled on the perfect uh, walk-up song for him, Flirting with Disaster, Molly Hatchet. And that's, that's just yeah. perfect for Gardner Minshew. Um, we moved to a guy who uh, is probably at the opposite end of that spectrum, Kirk Cousins. Uh, you guys both have him as the quarterback 12 this week. We talked quite a bit about him already when we were talking about Stephon Diggs earlier. But to me, this just feels like another good spot for him. Uh, with uh, with the Eagles, uh, Jake, you mentioned that they can get some pressure, but this is a secondary you certainly can exploit. Uh, they do, the, they being the Vikings, do come home this week, uh, a building where they have absolutely dominated with their run game and defense. Uh, but Brandon, you take this one away. Uh, I guess we already talked about him a bit, but uh, do you see a similar sort of game plan coming from Minnesota this week to what we saw against the Giants last week? Yeah, except for you can run against the Giants. You can't really run that well against the Eagles. So I think they might force them to pass the ball a little bit more. But I could still see this being, you know, they're going to try to run as much as possible. Um, but I think it's going to have another very efficient day from Kirk Cousins where, you know, what did he threw 27 times last week. Maybe you get something in the low to mid 30s this week. But, you know, the teams have been able to throw against Philadelphia uh, with a lot of success, and I wouldn't expect anything different. And because Philadelphia has to take this running game so seriously because it's one of the very best in the league, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to do anything more than, you know, play man-to-man against Thielen and Diggs, and I think Cousins can take advantage of that. Yeah, I, I don't really even have much to add and did a lot of it on talking mm-hmm. about him earlier, kind of jumped ahead of the game. So let's just talk about Minshew again, how great he is. <laughs> and how he's just, just the man who everyone loves. Well, how about we talk about the quarterback on the other side? I'm going to be checking the – I am so – oh, my God, I want that jersey to get here so fast. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you, you got you to gotta, – the day you get it, you have to get it out there. Just totally – oh, I'm going to tweet the living hell. I'm tagging him. Yeah. I don't care. I'm, I, this, is the, this is one of the few times I will tag the athlete. I don't even care if he responds or feels not. Like, but I, feels I, like I, the sort of guy who would appreciate it. I hope so. <laughs> Not I just like hope he doesn't. Uh, I hope he doesn't suck and get benched. Like I don't hope Foles comes back. He has two bad games. Gets benched before the jersey gets here. Right. Yeah. That would be really the uh, the worst way. Or he could block you like uh, OBJ. 
Ah, uh, yeah, that's then I could just talk smack like I've been talking about OG, <laughs> OBJ lately. <laughs> uh, how about the quarterback on the other side of Vikings and Eagles? It's Carson Wentz. Jake, you're a QB 13. Brandon, a QB 10. Now, Carson Wentz is QB 9 on the season. So, you know, you probably drafted him a little bit higher, but QB 9 was comfortably within his realistic range of outcomes. Uh, however, um, speaking from the experience of having Carson Wentz on some very important teams uh, this season, Every game for him has felt like a slog. Uh, Jake, are we concerned at all about that, about the lack of consistency, the lack of explosion uh, that from this Philadelphia offense, uh, the fact that this team still can't seem to get started until the second half begins? I think the biggest problem still is I, I really think Deshaun Jackson not being out there is hurting them just because they don't have that other threat. You know what Zach Ertz is. You know what Alshon Jeffrey is, but – Let's be honest about Mac Hollins and Nelson Aguilar. Just what what you're looking at here. And if you go back and watch that game, there's some Carson Wentz made some amazing plays. The touchdown to Zach Ertz was all on him finding the coverage, reading it beforehand. Like Carson Wentz is a top five quarterback, I would say, in the NFL right now. And may, okay, maybe six or seven if we really want to go through names specifically. But he's in that discussion. And I think it's just more the fact of this offense just still doesn't have any kind of consistency in the passing game from injuries in and out. Alshon Jeffrey even missed a little bit of time, as we know. Uh, you know, And it's the Vikings matchup, and that's really what it comes down to. Despite the fact that Xavier Rhodes has had a bad start to the season, he has shown that he's still Xavier Rhodes at times. And if Alshon Jeffrey even gets double covered and he could go to Zach Ertz, the biggest thing is it's you take one of those two away somewhat, and you're left with one plus, again, miserable options. It's kind of like, you know, you compare the Giants with and without Odell Beckham. And I'm not saying Deshaun Jackson's Odell Beckham, but when you take away another threat and you're left with subpar options, I just, again, I think things would be better if Deshaun Jackson was out there. Put it this way. Deshaun Jackson is healthy, which I don't think he's going to be. I, I move him up a few spots. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have a whole lot different to say. I mean, we're not that far apart. I just say you mentioned it, Michael. He's number nine overall. It's been a slog, but he gets he gets his numbers. Uh, I agree that Deshaun Jackson makes his offense, uh, you know, go much better. Right now, Miles Sanders might be their best vertical threat in the passing game. Uh, <laughs> but you know, Minnesota, they, you know, they've had a couple games in a row against Chase Daniel and and Daniel Jones that have kind of you know, made them look a little better in the wash against the pass. I think, I think Carson Wentz can do his usual slog, get a couple touchdowns, maybe run for, you know, some yardage. He's decently mobile and put up enough yards to make him, you know, borderline top 10 quarterback. It's not the most selling endorsement. I kind of see very little difference between, you know, rolling out Gardner Minshew or Carson Wentz this week. I think uh, unless you have them both, you know, you're probably one's got a hell of a lot more swagger. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's another one I, of those very yeah, int- I think teammates like Gardner Minshew. I, I've heard, you know, different things about Carson Wentz. Yeah. It's another intriguing game, though. And what I said is a pretty intriguing slate. Eagles, Vikings, uh, Jaguars, Saints, Texans, Chiefs, Falcons, Cardinals should be fun. Interested to see what Sam Darnold does in his return. So it should be a fun week of football. One more quarterback to talk about. It's Jameis Winston. Uh, you guys are uh, pretty much identical here. Jake at QB 15, uh, Brandon at QB 16. Uh, now for everyone who's thinking about uh, uh, Jameis Winston or any Buccaneer or any Panther, uh, this game is in London. It begins at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. So make sure you are awake and have your lineup set by then if you want these guys or really anyone in your fantasy lineups this week. Now, I'm a little uh, flummoxed by the uh, the rankings here just because we've seen a pretty productive Jameis Winston the last three weeks. 969 yards, 9.23 yards per attempt, nine touchdowns against two interceptions in his last three games. First two games were huge. Last week, not so much against the Saints, but he was still quarterback 14 in week five. Uh, so, Brandon, we'll let you go first here. Uh, why are you uh, so low relative to his recent performance? Well, we've seen some recent good performances, but we also saw a really bad one against this same Carolina defense back in week two, where he had 208 yards and a touchdown pass. And really, Carolina uh, has been shutting everybody down. James Bradbury has been playing great. Except uh, for Minshew. <laughs> except for Minshew, yeah. Minshew's the only one who's gotten over 20 fantasy points against this team. But, you know, they faced Deshaun Watson. They faced Kyler Murray. They faced Jared Goff. So they haven't faced, you know, the sisters of the poor at the quarterback position. Carolina's been pretty good. You look at Tampa, as, as good as Jameis Winston's been playing, I think the big problem they're going to have is they have two receivers. They're not using O.J. Howard. Dario Ogunbowale is not scaring anybody out of the backfield as a, as a, a pass catcher. So, 
I, schematically, it's not that hard right now to figure out where the ball's going. And, you know, I think at some point that's going to be something they're going to have to reckon with. But you look at, we got a recent history of this matchup where Jameis Winston didn't play great. And oh, by the way, Carolina's been consistently shutting quarterbacks down in the same manner. Yeah, that's basically, there's not much to, as Brandon would say, there's not much to add to that. It's just, jokes aside, Gardner Rinshu was the first one to even top 208 passing yards because Winston had the previous high. The other three quarterbacks, 186, 173, and 160, including Deshaun Watson and everybody's loved boy, Jared Goff. So, like that's just what it comes down to is the defense one week off. I'm not going to say the Panthers are a top five pass defense, but I'm also not going to say one week off all of a sudden they're one to exploit. So I am def definitively concerned about this. And this is also a playing surface in a new stadium, Tottenham. And this isn't a Wembley one. This is something we, we don't know how the stadium plays. And I'm saying that the field is going to be terrible because it's a new stadium. and This field should be in terrific shape. But I would just say we've seen like Wembley games when it's been kind of moist and rainy and everything like that. It's been a real slog fest out there on the field. I, I just we don't know how this area is going to play in general. On top of that, do we think OJ Howard impressed Bruce Arians with his foul ball catch at the uh, the Rays Astros no, but game? <laughs> my tweet about it, I I didn't think it was that funny. I just said as his first catch of the year, that thing got <laughs> blown up with retweets. I think it's like it's seven hundred and fifty retweets. You don't even know how clever you are, Jake. I didn't think it was that funny. I just threw it away. It was like, because it's not even that funny. It's just like, hey, it was his first catch of the year. Obviously, it's not his first catch of the year. I think that just shows that shows how frustrated people are in fantasy. I yeah, think this is what it really tells you. <laughs> totally true. Uh, someone to take a chance on, Jake, you go first. Uh, quarterback uh, that you think can uh, maybe surprise some people here in week six. I don't have anybody left. Kirk Cousins was my sleeper. I mean, at this point. What are we doing here? Let me see. I like we talked about everybody that's in this conversation. I'm seeing if I have anybody else here. I guess. What about no. Garoppolo? No, you know, going against the no, Rams. I, I, I just they don't need to pass. I'll, I'll give you one. I'll, I, we'll stay with this game. I think Kyle Allen on the other side, the Tampa Bay yeah. Buccaneers defense. That's one to exploit. And mm -hmm. Kyle Allen has been up and down as it can be, and he's definitively not keeping the job if Cam Newton comes back. But if you're desperate, like there's a lot of leagues out there where people still roster two quarterbacks, Kyle Allen might be your best option. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was the guy I had scribbled down yeah. here. Ha ha! Again, finally, this past defense uh, be the <laughs> the team we thought they would be in the Buccaneers. They're up to six most uh, allowed. They to are who we thought they were. Exactly. Denny Green, you gotta love it. A uh, couple of injuries here. Uh, Baker Mayfield doesn't seem like anything really, but uh, you know, just because he played the Monday night game, uh, had a, a wrap on his shoulder and a wrap on his leg, probably gonna play. But I don't know how you have much confidence in that uh, Cleveland offense. They host the Seattle Seahawks in Week Six, and then Mason Rudolph. I uh, don't think he's been officially ruled out with the concussion that he suffered last week, but he practiced uh, today. He practiced. Wow. That uh, that's a surprise. Still feel I'm, like I'm assuming that was I'm assuming that was like off to the side type right, of practice. Yeah, like but the report work. is quote unquote return to practice. So yeah. still, whatever. Still, as we're sitting here a few days out, I still believe this is going to be Devlin Hodges getting the start for uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, of, of course. I mean, Mason Rudolph might still think he's at Oklahoma State yeah. in practice. Yeah. So we're gonna I think we're gonna see Devlin Hodges for Pittsburgh against the Chargers. And uh, hey, check out Emory Hunt's uh, column on Devlin Hodges. Uh, maybe not. That was yeah. interesting. Yeah. So good. A good read. Uh, and again, for subscribers, so make sure you're subscribed. Uh, tight ends we'll talk about. We'll, we'll, we'll fly through this position really quick. Uh, in fact, I only want to talk about one guy here because, as we said, we know there's a group of guys who you're for sure starting. There's a group of guys who you're hoping for a touchdown. So let's just talk about the one interesting guy here. It would have been two uh, if Chris Herndon uh, had not injured his hamstring his first day back. It sounds like he's not going to be able well, who's to Who's the first? Because I think there should be two. Um, wow, you really want to talk about both of them? I want yeah. to talk about I only want to talk about the first one. The All second right. one. I want to talk. I want to talk about the. I'll I talk about the second one. <laughs> No, All right, the second let's, one, let's do this. Let's do let's do this. Let's let Brandon talk about Gerald Everett and Jake talk about his guy here, so we can force us into another I victory. Th lap. I think I'm going to 100 percent agree with Brandon anyway. So go yeah. Ahead. All right. So Brandon, Gerald yeah. Everett, you take us away. Yeah, I, Gerald Everett. Look at the tight end position is so horrible that you have to chase after a guy that has put up 180 yards and a touchdown in his last two games. He looked great against 
Seattle last week. Uh, they used him a ton. I, I, I'm fearful of him because we've seen him flash in the past. He's a very athletic guy, and you, it's easy to buy into that athleticism. They haven't used him a lot in the past, but maybe this is a new wrinkle to the offense, just how you know opposition has adjusted to this Rams offense. Maybe you know McVeigh is gonna gonna explore this a little bit further and and employ Everett, continue to employ him in this way. But this is really about the fact that uh, it's a, such a horrible landscape for tight ends that you do have to go after this guy that has some upside and who's getting a lot of run of late. And and there's just really no way he shouldn't be in every lineup this week. No, you're, you're 100% right. And people forgot that he was a second-round pick. Yeah, I mean, this, out of South Alabama. Really, yeah, that people it's, – it's, they wanted him. So, no, yeah, let's talk about the second guy. Yeah, All right. Have, who is the second guy, Jake? Who is he? Who do you want to talk about? What'd you say, Brandon? I know you're going to say that he's an enigma wrapped in a riddle. And just when you say it's a good week to play him, uh, he does horrible. No, see, that's what I was, I was, I was going to explore. So two things. One, I was going to say, I didn't even put it in here. I was going to read what Mike put in the first line. And that says Jake was right. Exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> because you got, you got to point that out, but who is no, it? Like, who is it? it's Jared cook. And for everybody out there that knows Pat Mayo, Pat Mayo is a great friend of ours. A lot of us have worked with him over at DraftKings. This is why, so people know Pat Mayo has worst place. It's people he refuses to rank. Mark Ingram is there. One that he and I have agreed with since day one that we've known each other is Jared Cook. But I want to explain it because he's explained it before. The reason Jared Cook, and for him, Mark Ingram, and for other players, like Will Fuller's there for me. The reason these guys are there is because you make excuses. You make excuses. Everybody wants them. Everybody sees the upside. Jared Cook's like, all right, well, this is the week. This is the week. This is the week. As soon as everybody bails, he was one of the most dropped players in fantasy last week. Boom, touchdown. And it's a big game. Like, that's what Jared Cook does. And that's why he's in worst place because you either start him every all 16 games and just take whatever five or six good ones you get, or you don't deal with it. And preferably, you don't deal with it. So people are going to go right back to him. He's being picked up again. He's going back and starting lineups. It's not a good matchup. Uh, I kind of really hope he falls on his face. The only thing that would make this better is what I told Pat is if he was facing the Cardinals this week and fell on his face, because then I would just be <laughs> laughing to like, to, I, I wouldn't even be able to come on the show next week. Cause I would still be laughing. <laughs> uh, man, I actually am one of those people. The I've got... had like a magic potion for him. Apparently that, uh, al- that allowed them to normalize him yeah. for us. to yeah. get yeah. that consistent production. Exactly. No, but see, and that's why it, it, Jared Cook is because he's wildly unpredictable. He's worse than D- Deshaun Jackson and, and even Deshaun Jackson now. And th- and that's why, because it's not even his games make sense. It's his games just unpredictable as could be. He could go off against the Patriots and go goose egg against the Cardinals. And it, like he just makes no sense. And there's no way to figure him out. Well, I'm hoping he can at least do it for one more week because, uh, again, one of those uh, important uh, home well, leagues. Because Titans disgusting yeah, well, i have two houston texans inside the top 20 it's remarkable i did but i yeah I, uh, one tight end i got uh, i've got darren waller missed out on the gerald everett claim so jared cook come on aboard let's at least have one more good week oh. here uh against the uh, jaguars and again not to beat a dead horse but what i really think lose. is going to be hey come on <laughs> really think that's going to be a fun game between the saints and the jaguars few injuries to watch here evan ingram we know uh, is out with the knee injury chris herndon likely out with the hamstring injury it's been five weeks it's been six weeks what's so one more to wait for chris herndon uh, hunter henry not going to play this week but does sound like he is uh going to be returning sooner rather than later for the Chargers. so something to keep in mind if you've been struggling at this position Position all season long. And then Mark Andrews, Ravens are doing their usual thing. He did practice in limited fashion. So he's going to be out there Sunday. Don't be too alarmed by the uh, his appearance on the injury report. Just make sure nothing goes awry over the next few days and that Mark Andrews is indeed out there. We are happy that you guys are all out there listening to the ranking show every Wednesday, Thursday, whenever it is that you're listening to us gab for an hour about fantasy football rankings. Jake Allen Kid on Twitter. Brandon is at Brandon Funston, and I am at M. Beller. Don't forget to subscribe. Theathletic.com slash the ranking show gets you 40% off. Get Jake's rankings. Get our fantasy basketball draft. Get, get the subscribers only update to this show that we do every Friday. That is me and Derek Van Riper. Although this week it'll be Chris Meany sitting in for Derek Van Riper. He'll be down in Arizona for the first pitch baseball event down there. But uh, definitely hit that up. Thank you again for listening. Jake Brandon and I will be back with you in this space next week at this time, talking week seven rankings. Until then, have a great rest of your week, a great weekend. Thanks for listening. This has been The Ranking Show at The Athletic.